Welcome to the York Dukes Activities Podcast. This listening experience is brought to you by all of the patrons, students, families, and businesses that support York Duke Activities. We are filled with gratitude every time someone buys a family pass, purchases an ad in our programs, or pays admission to one of our events. Nothing gives us more pleasure than seeing our bleachers filled with the Navy and Vegas Gold Faithful of Duke Nation. If you want more information on how you can become a supporter, contact YHS through our website, yorkpublic.org. This podcast is also supported by Curtsy's Clothing and Gift Boutique. Curtsy's in downtown York, Nebraska is the place to go for fashionable and affordable women's clothing and gift items. They are located at 120 East 5th Street, just south of the courthouse. Come see them to get the perfect outfit or gift for any occasion. This week, we talk with York One Act and Speech Coach Becky Stair, along with lead actress and senior Emily Baldridge. They are coming off of a state championship last year and in the early stages of preparing this year's production. We discuss how this year's show is unique, the preparation behind a championship production, and how to manage such a large cast and crew. On the next episode, I sit down with a few members of the Duke Leadership Council and discuss student engagement, leadership from a student perspective, and their goals for the year. But first, here is episode five. We're here with one act teacher, coach, and speech coach Becky Stair for episode five of our York Duke podcast. Um, first of all, tell us a little bit about your story, your background, and what you do now. My name is Becky Stair. As you said, I am originally from Hershey High School, Hershey, Nebraska, a little town right outside of North Platte. I attended a country school, K through eight a one-room schoolhouse, and then I was forced to go into the big public school when I was a uh, freshman. And within that public school, I felt like it was somewhere where I played everything. I was athletic. I was artsy. And then I went to UNL, and I knew that I was going to be a teacher. That was definitely the focus. I wasn't sure if I was going to be a Spanish teacher or a fine arts English teacher, but at the end of the day, I felt like I made the right choice. Very good. So there's a ton I want to get into with one act, but I'll start with the production this year. Um, what is it? How'd you choose it? What's unique about it? Right now, we are doing a show called A Home for Anya. It is based off of the Anastasia story where the Romanovs in the early 1900s were massacred. It was the royal family in Russia during the Bolshevik Revolution. During, I picked this show pretty much because we have a large senior class that is all significantly talented on stage and in our other departments. But specifically, I needed to find a show that showcased multiple strong females. And in theater, that's hard to do. Because lots of times, writers for scripts love putting strong males on stage. They have strong voices. And a lot of times, they sell a lot of tickets. But I I really wanted to pick a show because these girls are awesome. They, are, they really shine on stage. And I couldn't just give the big lead to one girl. All of them need to shine. And all of them need to have that experience. As well as our males, too. 
Speaking of those strong female roles, I sat down with YHS senior Emily Baldridge, who has been cast as the lead role of Anastasia. Emily is an accomplished performer who also competes in mock trial and speech. She tells me a little about the uniqueness of this role. Um, first of all, tell us a little bit about some roles you've played in the past. Um, in the past, well, I started off as stage crew my first couple of years. And then this past year, I was in Mary Poppins. I was Jane Banks. And then in last year's one act, Sweeney Todd, I was the assail- I ran an ass- insane asylum. So the Sweeney Todd production was probably the funnest I've ever seen. Um, how is this role this year different than ones you've done in the past? Well, it's a lot less crazy. That's yeah. first off. Um, it's bigger. Uh, with the fact that it's a historical character makes it like we have to be a lot more historical ac- historically accurate sure. because the judges look for that. Um, how many kids participate in one act? This year we have 106. 106. So if I'm looking at the population of the school, we're talking about a quarter of the kids. Yes. I remove a quarter of the kids when we go to one act competitions. So how do you manage that many students for a production? Well, I am lucky and blessed to have two great assistant coaches, Andy Bubach and Bob Soderholm. They run my crew department. But I think the best thing that we ever did within the one act was a captain scenario where we have multiple different departments and there are students that are department heads of all of those departments. And it's kind of a trickle down system. Sure. Do you think that develops leadership within students? It is a fantastic tool for leadership. Uh, Our captains are based off of a popular vote. Last night actually were our elections. They each had to come up on stage with a prepared speech as to why they would be a great captain for that specific department. So not only do they have to exhibit those public speaking skills, they have to exude confidence. And when you're in front of 104 kids, that's a scary situation. And then that vote is taken once everyone has delivered their speeches and have advocated for why they think this would be a good place for them to lead. Whenever I talk to coaches about how they see kids as leaders or how they try to develop leaders on their teams, I find it interesting to ask those same kids that question and get the perspective from the kid's point of view. So I sat down and asked Emily how she saw the leadership development of the captains in the One Act. Well, we have captains, but it's really just the fact that we all love it so much and like we all have the same goal. And so it just like leads us on and we all know like there's no time to be petty if we want to get things accomplished. Right. Last year's class graduated some, I would say, very accomplished actors and actresses. Um, What have you learned from working with them over the past couple years? From an acting standpoint, probably just own it. Because if you don't believe what you're doing, no one else will. But from a team standpoint, probably 
that it's very important to be a family in the one act. This is really something I want to dig into a little bit. Why do you think the one act attracts so many kids? I believe the one act is attractive to a large majority of our student body because there's a place for every kid. One, my philosophy being a coach, I told those kids when I walked in that no one was ever going to get cut. I also tell those kids that when you come into my program, you have a home. You will find value somewhere, and this show needs all 106 kids in this production for it to succeed. And if you are ever backstage, offstage, or in the audience, know that there is so much more going on than those actors that you see in front of you doing the talking. Right. With the crew and the cast that you have, I walk in and I see students that I know in a different context, and I know how they might be in the classroom. Um, whether that's good or bad, and yet they put so much effort and detail into their one-act job. Why do you think that is? I really think that they feel valued in this particular activity. They know that even if they have the smallest of job, that if that job doesn't get done, a judge will notice and we will not win. In our program, is very successful because we push every kid to be 100% perfect. Sure. And, okay, so that's segues into the next question. Moving on to a little bit of recent history. Um, York's had massive success at the state level recently. What do you contribute that to? There's a lot of different factors, I feel, that go into that. I would say our big thing is the the shows that we pick fit our kids. They I'm not trying to push a kid to do something that they're uncomfortable to do. Those kids fit those parts and they feel very comfortable in those parts. Um, I also feel the ownership and the leadership within the program. They know what that end goal is and it's very easy to come off of multiple championships because they know that feeling and they want to revisit that feeling every single time. Coach Stair talked briefly about how the whole team prepares for competition. So I wanted to find out from Emily how she prepared individually for her roles in one act, but also in speech. From an acting perspective, from now or from when you were cast to the first show, what does the preparation look like for you? It's just going to be a whole lot of reading the script over and over and like memorizing where I'm supposed to go for blocking and how like everyone in the cast just like gets into this routine of doing the same thing over and over again. Sure. What do you do outside of the scheduled one act practices? Do you have individual sessions or individual lessons or you just go home and practice yourself? It's usually just go home and practice yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, how many hours a week would you say you put into the one act? Well, then there's regular practices, so it's like two hours. So I'm going to say like six a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're also in speech. Mm-hmm. What events do you compete in in speech? Um, it's 
this year I'm doing duet in OID and last year I just did serious in OID. Um, how is the preparation for one act different than the preparation for speech? For speech, there's a lot more people that like are judging you and so you get a whole lot more perspectives. So it's kind of in speech you have to be on your toes whereas one act you have to like work as one big machine. Sure. So I'm just an average guy. I'm sitting in the audience watching Sweeney Todd last year. Uh, I'm not super artsy. I'm not, quote, refined. Um, but I can recognize when a performance is good or bad. Um, I know when I watch a team from another school that maybe isn't up to a certain level, I can recognize that. Um, so you, I guess you could call me an average fan. Um, what are the judges and coaches in the audience seeing that an average fan doesn't see? in a one act i feel like your better one acts transport you into a different world you don't feel like you're a person sitting in a theater seat when you are watching something that is out of this world and if we can get your average audience member to come on that story come into that world with us then that coach and that professional judge is already there mm-hmm and the realism that we try to create on stage is supposedly kind of like a movie, kind of like real life. Right. And we're trying to take you there. So when after you guys are done and you get your critique from the judges and you bring it back here to practice, and you, I know you guys watch film and all that kind of stuff, what are you pointing out on film that kids can change or do different? Specifically on film, we we have a lot of lighting and sound issues. If we can't hear a kid, if we can't see a kid, that's a huge judging issue. And because if you're on stage, you have to be highlighted. Or if you are pulling the focus away from the particular scene, say you're in the back and, and we're looking at you when we should probably be looking at the main person talking, that's also an issue. And then when you put 60 kids on stage in costumes doing things facials are a huge aspect body language is a very huge aspect and if even one kid isn't committing 100 percent to that character into that scene they are the person that we're looking at more than that central focus interesting so talking about sound and lighting um, the theater is getting a little bit of an upgrade yeah. here at York. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening in there and how that came about? We are so excited and so blessed that we had a community member as long as well as York Public Schools wanting to make our theater the best theater in the state of Nebraska. And it's, it's going to start here and I think it's going to grow. But ideally what happened was we have been successful here and they see that we have so many kids in this program that it started with a community member coming in to us and saying, you guys are doing a great job and I want to help you to always have the facility to make programs like one act music band be showcased at York high school because they're that important. How much was it? Uh, We got, I think 250,000 from the community member and then 30, thousand from your public schools i think so um so that's going to go towards a whole revamped sound system um aesthetics in the theater 
Yes, we have some fantastic foot lighting that was something of the past that had not been working that has been now revamped and turned back on. Our stage actually has a new finish to it. So it's got a new varnish on it and it looks wonderful. Um, and then the sound booth which used to be a closed off facility is now open to the audience. So we're able to hear just with our own ear without any kind of technology, what's going on on stage. And then we have so many microphones for our kids to use. And honestly, you should be, you will be able to sit anywhere in that theater now and hear every kid doing great things in the fine arts. Sure. Um, so before I let you go, how many performances are you guys going to have this season? We have four regular season performances, two community performances. We have conference, districts, and then cross our fingers, we're going to state again. So why? I know a lot of schools don't participate in one act, even though they might have really great theater drama departments, um, but they choose to do maybe a couple big productions a year. Why has York chose to go the one act route versus the big, you know, one or two time production route? I think other schools want to make a little bit of money by putting on those larger productions. I don't, I'm not about that. Here, I'm a competitive person. I would say I am just as competitive as your football coach, as your softball coach. And we have a lot of coaches here at York High School that are competitive. And those kids feed off of that competitive drive. They want to not only participate in something that's beautiful, but they want to be on that competitive road to state, just as in any sports activity. That's something that they buy into. That's something that they know that they can continuously get better at. And they have an end goal in sight with it. Very good. And that um, end goal starts with a community performance on November 2nd. And then our first competitive performance up in Norfolk on November 4th. And then districts will come end of November, beginning of December. Um, well, we wish you guys the best of luck this year. I'm sure we'll have you back to talk a little bit about speech later on in the year. Um, so thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.